welcome to the Be Honest Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Odell Dickerson Jr., also known as Odell Exec. I've spent the last 20 years specializing in faith, family, finance, fitness, and fashion. Now I want to bring my world to you. My experiences have led me all over the world, talking, sharing, leading, and engaging. Now it's time to share with you. In this podcast, you will hear from leaders from various walks of life, giving you the inside view of success and exceptionalism. So with no further ado, let's be honest. Hey, everybody, it's uh, Odell Dickerson Jr. here. I am the CEO of Odell Exec Enterprises. I do consulting and leadership consulting for small businesses as well as churches. But I also serve as the chief operating officer of the new Psalmist Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and, and I happily serve there. I am in my 20th year of serving um, Bishop Walter Scott Thomas in the new Psalmist Baptist Church. And But I am so excited about having my friend and my brother, Ryan Collins, who's all the way from the West Coast, on with me today as we be honest about the state of the church, especially during this COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. But I want to introduce you to my brother, Ryan Collins. Oh, Adele, thank you so much, man. And, and first question is, is uh, how you doing? You still, I see you still doing good up there, not going to the barbershop? Or? Man, I, I haven't been to the barbershop in 30 years. I shaved my own head. So I pay myself. I pay myself. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I have been blessed with a nice head of hair. And if I don't go and get it cut every two to three weeks, it just starts going over our ears. So if we would have done this next week, it, it would have just been all over the place. But I'm trying to grow my beard like you. So. Man, you should. Maybe I should have let my hair grow. As if. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, well, man, it's good. Like you mentioned, my name is Ryan Collins. I'm the CEO of Bethel School of Technology for the first ever on Christian faith-based uh, technology boot camp in the world. And so um, really excited to be on here with you today. Just a little bit about our program. Uh, we, uh, we focus on in-demand tech skills like software development and data science and, and UI UX design. We've been in existence for two and a half years. Uh, last year, 2019, Newsweek listed us as one of the top coding schools of 2019. 85% wow. of our students are getting jobs within 120 days of graduation. 83% of our students are graduating on time. So it's been really amazing to see um, what's happened in the last few years with our program. Wow. Ryan, I, Ryan and I met um, at a Facebook initiative meeting um, that we both were invited to by our sister, Nona Jones. So shout out to Nona. And we just connected and we've been brothers ever since. I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. Maryland. He's in Redding, California. Um, we've even met up midway in the country a few times and um, we stayed connected. And um, I was so excited um, when Ryan said yes, that he would come on with me today because he's the first person that I thought about when I decided to do this sharing with you all 
um, about the state of the church in the midst of a of an epidemic. So, Ron, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, today, we're going to share about the state of the church. Uh, we're going to talk about what's going on with COVID-19 and the coronavirus and how it impacts small businesses as well as the church. Um, we're going to try to give you some information for solutions on how you handle yourself um, in this time if you're a pastor or you're an executive pastor, you're a church leader or a small business owner. And uh, Ryan's going to talk to us today um, about the state of where we're going, the future of the church, the future of technology, the future of the workforce. And um, Ryan, it is so good to have you again. I can't wait for you to share about your expertise. How are you faring out in Redding? What's it look like out in Redding, California? You know, we're good. I mean, we're a community of 90,000 people and um, you know, our family is good, uh, as you can imagine, but church is um, just working on solutions for the, the community and providing resources for them. So, so um, you know, you know, the last time I well, you know, the first time I was out in Baltimore a couple of years ago is right when our big fire broke out here. And I That's had right. to cut my trip early, That's got right. back. And so we and moved your family. Yeah, but you know what? We're resilient, and uh, um, you know God is bigger than any situation uh, on on earth. So, so anyways, but man, I'd love to know what you guys are doing, um, and uh, I know you've got some really cool things you guys been doing. So, first of all, Ryan, we're staying safe. We are following. Yeah. You know, Maryland has had um, a shutdown, and essential businesses. Um, are all the only businesses that are open. <clears throat> We're doing some ministry um, that that has allowed us to be essential. And even in that season, we still had to adhere to the law. Um, the persons on my staff and the leadership that's essential, I had to write them a letter and they have to keep their identification with them at all times because the police could pull them over. Mm-hmm. But Ryan, what we're doing in this season is not only are we staying safe, we're trying to stay connected and we're trying to stay in communication and we're trying to stay grounded. And we're trying to be the church, even in the midst of an epidemic or a pandemic. And, and one of the ways that we're staying connected is through technology. And we're on a Zoom meeting you're three hours behind me in California and I'm in Baltimore three hours ahead of you. And we're conversing like we're talking, like we're right. I could reach you on that side. I could reach out and grab you. And Man, so I started using Zoom five years ago mm -hmm. and I had this inclination that I should invest in it, but I didn't do it. Mm. And, oh man, I you should have you yeah. told me I would have yeah. That, yeah, yeah. man it's amazing to see how Zoom has become our vocabulary overnight yeah so, so Zoom is one way we've done a conference call with our leadership through Zoom but we've also done conference call non-video conference call through 1-800 conference call um, yeah. It's a free, um, free company and a free usage for that. There's other things like Blue Jean. Um, there's there's a bunch of different 
um, mechanism, communication mechanisms out there, and somebody on your team should be researching and providing you with that information yeah, um, so that you can stay in connection. So that's the other piece. So we want to communicate, but we want to stay connected. We want to see how our people are doing. Pastors, you want to be pastoring your congregation and you want to be reaching out to your community and seeing what the need is. And more than anything, Ryan, and I'm going to let you jump in, more than anything, we have to stay grounded. Um, Jesus Christ and and his blood and his saving us and and salvation is our common ground. And we still want to be an evangelistic tool in the midst of this crisis. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You and I met like you mentioned, um, through that Facebook initiative and, and Nona Jones is the one that spearheaded that. And, you know, I know you and I both text her. I texted her the other day that she is positioned for such a time as this. So she's been building for the last two years, mm-hmm. a roadmap on how to do church beyond the walls of the building. And I think it's important that, you know, um, and, and using Facebook as that platform mm-hmm. and, when you look at Facebook and how they started with Mark Zuckerberg and the whole idea was that, Hey, let's move quick and innovate. And it's shifted as they have grown to a 2 billion person platform to how do we build healthy relationship and community? So when they started their community groups, what they saw in the data was that it was faith-based groups, community groups that actually had the most online engagement. And then they took it a step further and it correlated to offline engagement. So it's interesting that they looked at the church that was online through Facebook groups, people of faith who had the most online engagement. And they wanted to use that as the gold standard to build the rest of their community groups. I just think that that's wonderful. It's a wonderful example of us being the church, being the body of Christ, Ecclesia. And going beyond the walls of a building and that being attractive um, to the entire world and one of the most influential companies in the world. Wow. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. Nona was right on point um, as she led uh, that perspective and that initiative through Facebook and reached out to us as well as some other leaders from around the country to develop um, this Facebook group's Um, initiative and it's still evolving and we've been the core group of people giving input to that information so that's exciting the church was actually leading through through Facebook the church was actually leading through Facebook and I think that is a powerful message Um, as I do leadership consulting around the country um, I always share about how significant church leadership is and how we have so much to offer to the secular world. In the secular world, if I'm your boss, you have to come to work because I can deduct your paycheck. In church, while some of us do this for a living and get paid, a lot of the church work is done by volunteers. And so we have to develop our leadership skills so that people will do what we need them to do for the church and for ministry for free without a paycheck. And so that's the difference between a boss and a leader. And what the world needs is more leaders. 
and leaders developing more leaders. Yeah, that's so good, man. And you guys are leading. You, I know you had mentioned offline about what you guys are doing to provide groceries to the community. I love yeah, that. I definitely wanted to touch bases there because one of the questions that I that I've, I have in front of me is, um, how have we remained church? And what does the church look like now um, during the COVID-19, coronavirus, and post-COVID-19 and the coronavirus? And my answer is this. We know that we've been praying and we know that prayer works. But we also know the scripture that prayer without works is dead. So we need to be praying and we need to be working. We need to be our most creative selves in discovering what it is that our membership, our community, and what the world needs at this day and time. Um, we know that government, and in Maryland, we were shut down. And so we have to figure out creative ways to meet the needs of the people. What's one of the basic needs of the people, especially if they're not working? It's food. There's a high demand for food and, and there's a high demand for money for food. And people are lacking already in the first couple of weeks of this um, epidemic. And so what we're doing is last Saturday, we did an amazing food distribution where we served over 400 and something families. Yeah, so good. It must have been 300 to 400 cars lined up. And it was an amazing sight to see, but I did get some fresh revelation. And it said to me, we've only been two to three weeks into this process. And these people that shown up now are not just here because of the COVID-19 epidemic. Mm -hmm. They're here because they were in need before this epidemic. And so here we are learning and discovering during this epidemic how we need to be doing ministry going forward. And so yeah. while I was very blessed and very proud to be a part of that uh, serving effort, we know that we have to do more. And so we have at least four more dates scheduled on the calendar where we're going to be doing food distributions and we're going to be buying as much food and working with as many partners as we possibly can. This is a time for partnership. Partnership. Yeah. This is a time for partnership. And so we're going to be doing, so I have some other great ideas. We may not be able to do any, everything, but everybody on your team should be coming up with some creative ideas. What about your first responders? Like who are the first responders in your congregation, in your community? What can you do for them? Can you purchase gift cards for them for food, uh, for gas, maybe help them with childcare? Um, just or just checking on them, calling up to say thank you and acknowledging them. So we have to be creative in being the church in this season. Yeah, so good, man. Well, you know, um, when Jesus was talking to Peter and, and they were sitting by the campfire eating and he said, Jesus, or Peter, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord. And then what did he say? He said, he said, feed my lambs and take care of my sheep. Yep. And so we are the hands and feet of Jesus and we need to do yeah. what he does. And so that's what you guys are doing. I love that story. I saw um, at Victory Church in Tulsa, Paul Doherty, and they, yep. they had the grocery lineup. And then uh, there was like 800 people that 
that um, received Jesus that yes. day. And you know, wow. when you actually are representing the love of Christ, mm-hmm. it does something because people can actually see Christ, not just hear about him, but actually see him. And then that shifts everything. So I think that's just a beautiful example of what you guys are doing, what they're doing um, to actually um, heed that call to feed the lambs and take care of, care of the sheep. Yeah. I'll share with you on something real quick. Whenever this all happened, um, God put uh, Isaiah fifty nine nineteen on my heart, uh, which says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. Mm-hmm. And it was that last part that God really impressed upon my heart that we, as his children, um, uh, as his body, as his church, are the standard that he is raising up against the enemy. So now is the time. And we get to connect with people in a way that we've never been able to connect with them before. I know that seems ironic because we're all in our houses right now, but everybody is using the same line of communication. Everybody's using Zoom. Everybody's using social media platforms. And so I believe that people's hearts are postured in a, in a way that they're willing to receive this communication. So what are we going to do? Are we, are we going to condemn or are we going to come and show the love of Christ and actually be the be be the love of Christ and expand the walls of the church beyond the building? Man, Ryan, one of my core values is being nice and being consistently nice. Yeah, you do um, that with excellence, bro. Thank you, bro. But those the kindness is what the world is going to need, man. We if we ever took a hug for granted, if we've ever taken a handshake or a high five or, or, or something, phys- the physical touch for granted, man, we, we hopefully when, when we get back, we will embrace each other like we've never embraced each other. Uh, Ryan, I want to touch on another piece about being the church. And so one of the difficult questions for the church now is, is how do you ask for donations? How do you ask your membership to keep giving you tithes and offerings in this season? And my answer is this, is the church still has to be the church. And in order for the church to be the church, it has to do ministry, Um, ministry such as food drives, ministry as such if we're going to be purchasing gift cards, ministry um, if we're going to be helping the homeless and feeding the homeless. We it does take money to do those things. And so the church has to be doing more ministry. And we have to yeah. be creative even in these times. But I have this motto of when I'm teaching, it, it takes money to do ministry. It takes money to do ministry. Many, and the church doesn't like to talk about it, but that's what it takes. But we as leaders, we as pastors and, and executives of the church or deacons or trustees, we can't keep asking people to give offerings and tithes and offerings to, say, a building fund or a building or just salaries um, if we're not doing ministry. And so now's the time not for us to be at home resting. I know, I don't know about anybody else, but I've worked harder during this season than I have (laughs) when we weren't trapped in the house. So true, man. You know, as you were just saying that, something that came to my mind. Where this is like, this is like the Acts two church. Acts two church. Yes. It's 2.0. and we all got to pitch in, and we gotta we gotta take care of our brothers and sisters. 
And I think we can do that. And I believe if we will um, trust in God that, and my wife says this, we have a, we have a podcast. So here's a, here's a quick shameless plug called the what is podcast. And the last one, it was all about trusting in God. And I went through like 40 minutes of talking. And then my wife was like, you know, um, trust in God is a byproduct of your relationship with him. If you mm-hmm. seek first a relationship with him, all these other things will come into focus. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so good. Wow. And uh, I just think it's important that if we if we trust in him, I believe that he will download solutions in our hearts that will actually catapult us into um, a revival season man, and in a season of, of thriving. So I know it seems really hard right now, but if we will have that posture of trusting in him, um, that, that everything else will fall into place. And it all starts with our relationship with him and just hearing his voice, trusting, obeying, and then going and, and doing the work and having the confidence. Yeah. If he told you to do something, yes. he is faithful to see it through. Man, God doesn't give us vision without provision. Yeah. And, um, man, and this is where another way the church has to be the church. We are people of faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. And I do believe that's one of the struggles of the church, even for me. Um, you know, we like to walk by sight when we know what the outcomes are going to be. But when you walk by faith, you just have to trust. And that goes back to your relationship. And the good thing is God has an amazing track record of doing what he said he was going to do. Yeah. So I can trust in that. I can believe in that. Um, I want to transition a little bit. Um, Everybody needs help. Everybody's screaming for help right now. And I want to just share some things that may be of some help. Um, even if the church itself can't do it, you know, we have we have small businesses and business owners within our church and small businesses who are looking for ways out. We have churches who are looking for help. And how are we going to get through this? And so if you've been looking at the news, you know that the federal government passed a bill um, through the Senate and the House called the CARES Act. Yeah. And the CARES Act will be. Um, unleashed tomorrow, actually today, this morning. Um, there should be some news going on right now about the CARES Act. And what the CARES Act is going to do is it's going to provide, I'm going to ask you to do your own research, but it's going to provide some some payroll relief and some employee relief. Um, and they're going to offer loans that are forgivable. They're going to offer some grants, but for churches, they will offer loans that's forgivable based off of your payroll. And so you will have to meet a certain criteria, but you need to do your research because that money is going to become available and you will have to work with your local bank. And this will be all um, through the Small Business Association. So look at the CARES Act. Um, Also through the CARES Act, um, the church there's, there's going to be extended unemployment relief. Now, the church normally doesn't pay into unemployment. Therefore, if you were furloughed or laid off by the church, you're not eligible for unemployment. But because of this epidemic or pandemic, the government is saying unemployment benefits are going to be available to even the church. 
So you need to apply, if you were furloughed or laid off, you need to apply for unemployment. The month of March, um, 10 million people applied for unemployment. 10 million people. Um, The unemployment rate is starting to rise. And they're talking about numbers like 30%. And and it's going to get worse before it gets better. But there's some things we need to be doing. But there's some other organizations. There's an organization called the National Christian Foundation. Um, They have some partners that's working together that's going to be specifically for smaller churches. So Google the National Christian Foundation. There's another group um, made up of Disaster Relief, Pastor Rick Warren and Billy Graham. Um, They're working together in the Church Relief Program. That's going to be at churchrelief.org. Churchrelief.org. I'm going to try to make sure some of these web pages are at the bottom of this presentation so that you can go seek them out. But there should be somebody in your organization that's seeking where the help is. If you have a website, there should be some real estate on your website that people from your congregation or even the community can go to to say, where do I get help? Um, If I'm a small business, if I'm an employee, if I work for the church, if I work for the community, where can I go? Where are the food distribution centers? Not just the ones at the church, but the ones that's around the city um, or or the county. So we just need to be a wealth of knowledge Mm -hmm. for our communities. And that's another way that the church can be the church. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so good just to be that that one-stop resource to aggregate all that information because I think a lot of people right now are just like looking left, looking right, and they've got a, a, a paralysis from just mass information. So yeah. if we can make it easier on people. There's another thing I sent you, and, and uh, it's a, there's a senator um, out of Hawaii who's mm-hmm. doing a great job of giving up-to-date um, reports on all the things that you just mentioned, there's another, there's an EIDL loan with an emergency $10,000 grant um, mm-hmm. that you can apply for, for small businesses. So that's another great resource. I think it's Senator Schatz is his last name, um, uh, but uh, he does a really great job on that. So yeah, if churches can just be that one-stop uh, resource center for people, that's going to that's going to help alleviate a lot of fear. You got to start with just kind of getting a game plan and then going for it. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Well, Ryan, I'm so, again, so excited that you are on with me. You are um, not only a brother beloved, but I respect what you do and what you stand for and what you represent and some of the things we've been trying to work on together and some of the things that you've exposed me to. What, Ryan, will the church look like in the future? What, Ryan, will will businesses look like in the future? What will the workforce look like in the future, in the very near future? Well, I think a big part of it is what we're doing right now. I think one of the things when you have an event like this, which is a black swan event, these are these events that nobody could predict and then you try to rationalize them afterwards but the reality is is that you have these new norms that are created so um this is the biggest one in my lifetime but you know we had 9-11 in 2001 that completely uh, transformed how we do security uh we had the the housing uh 
uh, bust in 2007 and the subsequent recession in 2008, what you saw there was a lot of people deciding to go back to school and either start or finish up a degree that was pertinent to the future of work. So you would see a lot of these online universities that came to the forefront, schools like University of Phoenix and Kaplan and Capella University, they saw a massive increase in, in, in enrollment and it really disrupted the whole higher education fast forward to 13, 14 years and almost every university has some type of online degree program. Um, but now people need to pivot their careers immediately because their careers, their, their jobs are no, no longer there. And so, you know, like our program, for example, is an online nine month accelerated learning program. The whole idea is to take somebody from scratch to give them these in-demand tech skills like software development, in data science and UI UX design so that in in less than a year they can go from not knowing anything about that to getting sixty, seventy thousand dollar jobs. Mm-hmm. And pre-COVID-19, there were a million unfilled tech jobs in the US alone, and only sixty thousand new computer science graduates every year. So there are hundreds of thousands of open jobs. Now the Department of Labor right now is trying to figure out like what the, the market looks like for tech jobs. Um, but I will say this, that every company is a tech company now. I don't care if you're in retail, you're in fast food, you're in manufacturing, every company focuses on tech and every company needs this talent and they can't find enough qualified talent. Wow. Last week, when everything just happened and all these shelter in places came into effect, we had two of our students get jobs um, they were they were the largest salaries any of our students have gotten to date. Oh, hold on, when, when, two and a half when, years. when was when was this, Ryan? Last last week. So people are still hiring, and the future of work is in technology. And now, as kind of that two disruption, instead of spending two to four years to get your degree, you can go through an accelerated learning program like ours in not six to nine months and get those skill sets so you can get that high paying job and a, and a career that is continuing to, to grow and grow. Wow. I think you mentioned earlier unemployment. I think the, the forecast is that by the end of Q2, it's going to be 30%. 30%. Just to put in context, the Great Depression was 25%. So we need to come together and, and, and pray against that and see us actually um, bend the tide and, and push it back on itself. But I think the new norm will be a lot of remote work, um, which you can do with a lot of these tech jobs. I think companies that were hesitant to do that, I think they're seeing now, even though they were forced into it uh, and thrust into it because of everybody having to work from home, they're seeing that it's actually very efficient um, and effective. So I think that you'll see more and more people um, get remote jobs uh, in the tech side as well. Yeah, man, Ryan, that's amazing. The funny thing is we've been working on these things for the last couple of years. And and sometimes we were even slow um, moving on some things. And now this is what I call God speed. Um, God, <laughs> God moves at an amazing pace. And I think we were just moving too slow. And yeah. now, I mean, especially as it relates to reaching the church um, mm-hmm. outside of the four walls of the church. 
And now we have no other choice but to reach the church um, outside of the four walls of the church because we can't even go into the church, which is amazing. And so the work that you've been doing is timely. It, It is for a time such as this. And it's super important because we're going to so we've literally some some of us, depending on where we are, we literally had to build this system. In the midst of this storm and mm-hmm. we went in two weeks, we went from a physical church with some virtual space to a virtual church. Yeah. In two weeks. It's so true. Man. In two weeks. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And and some are still, you know, dragging their feet. And I know this is a difficult time and we'll be praying and I'm, I'm available to have conversations and to talk. But yeah, we've all God's God's pushing us in a direction. I think we're all going to be better because of this. Yeah, well, a little bit of hope here that God is not confined to the limits of a computer screen. And what we've seen with our school on the online side is that we, we're a faith-based program. So we, we've seen transfer, we've seen healing, we've seen financial breakthrough, we've seen families restored, all doing what you and I are doing right now. So um, I know it feels like we're thrust into it. I know, here's something, if I could be so bold to say that I don't think churches are adverse to hard work like if you've ever planted a church and done a mobile church, you know that an exhausting that church is hard work. Period. Church is hard work, but I think where so the church is not averse to hard work. Where I think the church can be a little uncomfortable going into new things and new territories, and so but God is calling us into new spaces. The tech space is one of those, but I think more importantly, it's time to expand the walls of the church, or I'll even say, let's break down the walls of the break church. Let's them. actually go to people instead of forcing them to come to us. Like it's time to it's go it's time to go. You know, I have another I have another line that I love to share is that you know change is inevitable as we can mm-hmm. see, but growth is optional, and we have to <laughs> oh, we, have, we have to make the choice. We have to make the choice. We've been waiting for the world to come to us when God has been saying all this time, go into the world. Yeah. The world just happens to be in a virtual space. We can now reach people across the country, across the world in a matter of seconds because of technology. And so we have to take full advantage of what's been given to us. Um, man, yeah. it's been a great time sharing with you today, Ryan. Yeah. If, if if you have some closing remarks, what would be your closing remarks for us today? Yeah, I think that we are positioned for such a time as this. You know, I think the irony is we're all sheltered in place, but we're not silenced. And I, I think that our voice is louder than ever before because of these platforms. So these platforms are a tool and a tool takes on the function of its user. We can use this technology tool and these social media platforms to actually represent the love of Christ and be the light, or we can create echo chambers and create bigger walls and continue to, to, to shelter ourselves in emotionally and spiritually. 
I say, even though physically we're within these walls, it's time to break out through uh, these walls by just going after the things that, that Christ wants us to go after. And that's to, to go and, and feed his lambs and take care of his sheep. Wow. Wow. I, so I'd like to reiterate, it is time for the church to be church. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak on behalf of the church just for a small second. And what I would like to say on behalf of the church is to the rest of the world is that we're going to be praying for you, but we're going to be working for you. We're going to yeah. be serving you. We're going to be doing the work of God um, to make sure that his people is okay. We are still in the business of kingdom building here on earth. And so that is our mission as a church. And, and we're not excluding anybody. So we're even working to help the believer and the non-believer. And so I believe that we're all going to be better and we're going to be, we're going to grow. We're we're facing the change, which is inevitable, but we're going to choose to grow. And sometimes when we don't choose, God chooses for us. And so I'm looking forward to coming out better through all of this. And then my my other last statement is um, follow the law. Um, keep your gloves, keep your hand sanitizers, um, keep, just, just be as safe as you possibly can, stay in the house as much as you can, and protect your family, take some time to love on your family. If you're, if you're quarantined with your family and you all are still in connection, love on your family. Love on yeah. your Oh, I want to say two. Can I say two more things that you brought up? So you said it's time to be the church. You know that church ecclesia is actually talking about a group of people. So it's time to be a group of people and and not just a building. And then two, just to your point, we do need to follow the guidelines. And I love. I don't know if you saw that Nike ad that says you've always wanted to play uh, in or, or play for millions. Now's your time. Stay inside. So we need to flatten the curve and let's think beyond ourselves. I think that's the theme of our whole conversation. Right. It's, you know, freely we receive, freely give. It's time to think beyond ourselves and, and help people in any way that we can, man. So I love you, bro. Thank you for having me on. Man, thank you. I love you back, man. Hug your family for me and um, we'll be talking soon. Thank you so much. All right, man. Hey, Ryan, real quick, where can they find you on social media? Oh, yeah, man, what's my handle? <laughs> I think it's Ryan Collins 05, but let me look it up. Uh, look for yours. I am Odell Exec on social yeah. media, um, O-D-E-L-L-E-X-E-C. Um, follow me, and on Facebook, I am Odell. Yeah, you can, you can find me on Instagram, Ryan. Go ahead, man, sorry. Good. No, you good. Yeah, I'll just put this up there if you can see it. I don't know if you can, but uh, it, it's, it's Ryan Collins 05, R-Y-A-N-C-O-L-L-I-N-S 05 on Instagram. Yeah, and, what, and what's the podcast? Oh, it's the What Is Podcast with my wife, Brianna. So um, check us out, man. We have a blast and we go after, we go after things. So it's great. Good stuff, good stuff. Thank you, man. Love you, praying for you. Yeah, you too, man. All right.